Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. My name is Ruth, and I'm the Generations Pastor here at Bright Church. And uh, I have a message for you today that I believe is so important. It's important because it changes how we make decisions in our life. It's important because it helps set a bit of a path for our lives and the direction that we go. And it's something that I believe is really important to God. You know, if you've known me for really any length of time, um, you, you may know this about me. I am a very indecisive person. Okay, it is one of the flaws that I have and I will own that. But I am a, I am a very indecisive person, not so much with the big decisions in life. So the big decisions, they're pretty okay. Like, where is my life headed? That one's not too hard to decide somehow. But the small decisions in life, like do I feel like a cup of tea or do I not? What am I going to get for dinner if I go out at a restaurant? What am I going to get for brunch? These are the decisions that I find just harder than the average person. Now, you might have that friend when you're at a restaurant and you're sitting there and everyone is ready to order, but the waiter comes and they have to come back and you're, you have to wait even longer, you're hungry and you have to wait longer for your meal because that one friend can't decide and that is me. So I'm just giving you the heads up, if we're ever to go out to you know brunch, lunch, dinner, whatever it might be, I will take a little while to decide. No, I won't look the menu up beforehand, even though that would be smart. I'm not gonna do that because why would I do that when I can just look at it at the restaurant? But I am probably gonna take a little while to decide. You see, it might seem like a simple decision, but for me, there's a lot of things to consider in that moment. I mean, what do I feel like? Do I feel like the pancakes or do I feel like the eggs? Do I feel like the burger or do I feel like the salad? They're different feelings, everyone. The other thing is, how much do they cost? Because I might feel, I might feel like the pancakes, but if the scrambled eggs is like $10 cheaper, am I actually willing, like do I feel like it enough to justify the money, right? That's a financial decision right there. Or how about this? Maybe instead of that, maybe I'm thinking, well, maybe I should have a salad because I have eaten burgers for the last five days. I have grilled a lot, so maybe I should get the salad. It's a, maybe it's a health choice. So I'm thinking, I'm like, finance, what do I feel like? Health, there's a lot of different priorities to weigh up in that moment. And you're welcome because I have just helped you get inside the head of that one friend who is taking forever to decide because it's not such a simple decision after all, right? So that's me when I'm out. But life is a bit like this where there are, there are so many priorities to weigh up in life. But the things that we care about, the things that we give weight to, the things we spend time on, the things that we strive towards, they have a way of directing a path with our lives. And we're going to look at a scripture from Luke where um, Jesus, he uh, speaks to and encounters what I would call three could-be followers. They could, could have been followers. So in Luke 9 verse 57, it says this, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
all of these three men that we read about here, all of them had the same invitation. Jesus was saying, follow me. They all had the same invitation and Jesus is still asking us to follow him today. You know, I don't want to be a could have been follower. I don't want that. But I've got to admit when I read this, I have to think, what would I have said? If I was them, what would I have said? What would you have said? I mean, let's be honest. When I read this anyway, I, I think that's a bit ouch. It sounds a bit ouch. It's a bit harsh, right? Like they just want to honour their, you know, their families and isn't like, isn't that okay? Does Jesus not want us to honour our families? Well, we know that's not true because in Matthew 15, we read about honour your, you know, your mother and your father. We know that, you know, God cares about families. Families is his idea. So it can't be that. So what is happening here? Why is Jesus seemingly so harsh in this moment? You know, I think about other moments in the Bible when, um, when, when people were told to, from Jesus to follow me, right? So I think about Peter, okay? When Jesus said, follow me, what did he do? He dropped everything and he was like, I'm in, off I go. It was an immediate choice. It was an immediate decision. He immediately chose to obey Jesus and follow him. You see, it's not so much the, the, the customs of the time or the culture that Jesus had an issue with. You got, it is good to realise that in this time, if someone was to go and, and um, bury a, a parent, that was a really important responsibility as a family member. But it was also something that took about a year. So it's not like, hey, I'll catch up with you in two weeks. It's a, that's, that could take a year or more. So that's a pretty decent amount of time. But even still, it's not that that Jesus had the issue with. I think the point that Jesus is making here is that every obligation, every relationship, no matter how important, comes second to commitment to Jesus. Jesus comes first. It wasn't that Jesus had an issue with the customs and the culture. In fact, I think that if they were to say, yes, Jesus, like I'm in, and then Jesus had have turned around and said, great, now go and bury your father or your mother or go say goodbye to your family. That would be a very different story. And I don't know whether that would have happened, but what the difference would be is that they would be doing that out of obedience to Jesus rather than instead of. And that's what it's about. It's putting Jesus first and living our life out of obedience rather than instead of following Jesus. You know, Jesus insists that he is the first priority. You know, the last two that we read about here, they had a but first moment, right? If you look at it, it says, but he said, Lord, let me first go. And then the other guy, he says, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first. They had a but first moment. What is your but first moment? I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me just get my finances in order and make sure that I'm really steady. I will follow you, God, absolutely, I'm in. But first, let me make sure my kids are okay. I'll follow you, God. But first, I'm really gunning for this promotion and I need all the time I can get. So I will follow you. But first, let me just get that over the line and then I will be able to follow you, God. See, the issue with but first is that but first becomes but second and that becomes but third and so on, so on, so on. Right? But first, if we're really honest with ourselves... But first is an excuse. You know, I, um, I had a good friend of mine who um, I caught up with many, many years ago. And um, as we were chatting, you know, this friend of mine, they, it was so clear 
that they had a call of ministry on their life. And in particular relation to the church, everyone could see it, but they weren't living it out. And we were chatting and we're just chatting about things that they wanted to do with their life. And I was kind of just asking them a couple of questions because I wanted to know if they saw it too. And so I was asking them a couple of questions and, you know, and they had some great things they wanted to do with their life, some great things. And in fact, when it came to ministry, that was something they wanted to do and it was something they felt they were called to, but they had a but first moment. But first they wanted to do something that was actually to be honest, quite rational, quite reasonable, um, in, a, in a world sense, sounded very, very responsible. They wanted to make sure that they had, you know, some stability financially before moving into ministry. Because let's be honest, no one gets into ministry for the money. So they wanted to make sure that they would be okay, right? Sounds responsible. Anyway, this friend of mine, not too long after that moment, they actually um, really encountered God. They really felt God speak to them and their heart really changed. It shifted and the priorities in their life shifted. And they've actually been in ministry for many years, uh, many years now. And this friend of mine would later become my husband, Zach. Um, Zach, (laughs) Zach had a but first moment. And I did ask for permission to share that. But Zach, he had a but first But when he encountered God, things changed. Things shifted. The thing about life is it's getting more busy, not less. And we all have the same amount of seconds in our day. Um, Zach told me yesterday, actually, there's apparently a saying that goes around that says you've got the same amount of hours in your day as Beyonce, (laughs) right? So if Beyonce can do what she accomplished, we've got the same amount of hours, guys, right? (laughs) We've got the same amount of seconds in one day as we will have in tomorrow, We've got the same amount of seconds today as we will have in a day in 10 years' time. Yeah. That um, No one has quite worked out how to buy more time yet. You know, I think they've had scientists working on it for years, but no one's quite worked that out yet. But how we choose to spend those seconds is so important. Will you choose to spend those seconds building your own life, your own story, gaining things for yourself or will you spend choose to spend those seconds building God's story building the kingdom of God and investing into something eternal because we have an opportunity to invest into something that is beyond ourselves we are characters in a much greater story I, I love that Jesus he really doesn't oversell it right you know they're like oh follow you he's like foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head that doesn't sound very comfortable What he's saying here is it's not easy. It's actually, there is a cost. This whole scripture is really about a cost of following Jesus. He doesn't oversell it for even a moment. But when we encounter God, when we actually allow God to speak to us and when we allow God to move in our hearts, there is something that shifts. There is something that happens when he transforms our heart that our priorities start to change. You know, it becomes less about I have to and more about I want to i got to be honest, you know, I was uh, sick last week and a couple of weeks before that and I couldn't be at church. And you know what? I was actually so sad to not be here. Why? Because I'm not here because I have to be. I'm here because I want to be. You know, it becomes less about have to and more about want to. It becomes less about your head and a decision that you make consciously and more about something that is an expression of your heart. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, we just need to have an encounter with God. When was the last time you encountered God? Was it 
you know, a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, a couple of days ago. When was the last time you encountered God? And maybe you're here today and you've never encountered God and that's okay. Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian and you're like, encounter God, what? That's weird, right? That's okay. But I'd encourage you to create opportunity for that because there is something that happens through encounter with God. You know, sometimes it's when our life is actually going really well that our priorities start to get a bit misaligned. Sometimes it's when our life is going well. And you know why I think that is? I think it's because we stop recognising our need for God. When things are going well, when life looks good, and let's be honest, we live in a pretty affluent nation, you know, when things are going well, it's actually really easy to stop trusting in and stop putting our priorities around God. But as I was preparing this message, this is what I felt God say. said, Jesus is not a side gig. He is the gig right? He's not the side story. He's not the side. He's not like a chapter in our story. He's the story. He is the story. And we are to fit. We're not trying to fit God into our story. We're fitting our lives around his. So Daniel, who's heard of Daniel? Yeah. Few of us, hopefully, hopefully more than just Keith has heard of, have heard of Daniel. Daniel and the lion's den. Okay. Now, Daniel, just to catch you up to speed, Daniel was a was a man with a heart after God. And he lived as a Jewish exile in the land that he was in. And so he, he, he wasn't in, uh, I suppose he wasn't in a culture that believed in, uh, believed in God and he wasn't in a culture that encouraged the worship of, of the God of Israel, who's the God that we serve. And so Daniel, thing about him is it didn't matter what culture and context he found himself in, he always chose to put God first. He always chose to continue to worship God regardless of the circumstance. But Daniel, he was given quite an incredible gift from God and that is that he, had a, he could interpret dreams. And this interpretation of dreams found him a lot of favour with the kings and the rulers of the time that he was under. And so he was actually quite high up in leadership because of this gift that he had and because God had put favour on his life. And so what happens is these other men, uh, I suppose they're colleagues, right? These colleagues of him, they, they get jealous because they can see that Daniel is favoured. They can see that the king loves Daniel. And so they want to get rid of Daniel so that he, the competition has been wiped out, right? The thing is, is the only thing that they could pin against Daniel because he was such a man of honour and a, and, a, and a man who did nothing wrong, right? But the only thing they could manage to get against Daniel is that they knew that no matter the customs and the culture of the time, that, that Daniel would continue to worship his God. Yeah. And so what they did is they essentially devised a plan and manipulated the king into signing this thing off, which meant that Daniel wouldn't be able to worship his God. So what does Daniel do? He goes... He kneels, he prays, and he continues to live out the routine of worship that he has always done, regardless of what the culture and the rules said. And so, of course, these men are there ready to wait, waiting, ready to catch him because they knew he would do it. And so, and isn't that amazing? The consistency of Daniel that they knew that they would still be able to find him in that place. They knew because of his consistency. And so they went and they caught him. He was thrown into the lion's den. And as we know, nothing happened to him. God came, he intervened. And despite the fact that he spent a night with lions, he actually had a better sleep than the king who was so worried about Daniel because he loved him that he didn't sleep at all, right? He had a better sleep in the lion's den than the king did in his palace. Anyway, the king comes out in the morning and he's like, Daniel, Daniel, did your God deliver you from the lions? And this is what Daniel says. We're going to go to Daniel 6, uh, verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. 
May God send his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. And then we come down to verse 25 and it says, Then King Darius, who was the king at the time, wrote to all the peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I will make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to no end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You know, Daniel is someone that knew that he was part of a greater story. Daniel is someone that knew that his life wasn't about his story, but it was about the story of God. And through him, God was glorified. Through him, despite being in exile and as despite the culture not being about God in that time, kings knew to fear God. They knew to respect the God of Israel that Daniel served because of the way that Daniel was consistent and continued to put God first in his life. You know, Daniel understood he was part of a greater plan and kings respected our God. God made a very real difference in the world around Daniel because he made room for him. Do you have room for God? Do you have room for God? You know, we have a, um, a bit of like a social model or theory that we use at the work that, I, um, that I'm at outside of this place. I, I work with kids and uh, a lot of the things that I do is try to teach social skills. And one of these theories that we talk about is friend versus Deneuf, right? Now, if you haven't worked it out, Deneuf is friend spelt backwards, okay? Because that is exactly what a Deneuf is. A Deneuf is a backwards friend. It has many of the same elements as a friend, but only a Deneuf only comes to be your friend when they need you or when it's convenient for them. A Deneuf looks like a friend, but they're actually not because they're only in it for themselves. We are called to be a friend to God, but to be honest, sometimes we're a bit of a nerf, right? Sometimes we go to God out of convenience. Sometimes we just go to God because that is what is suitable for us or because we need something from God that we feel like we can get for him. But we're not called to be a nerf. We are called to be a friend. So don't, don't be a nerf. No one wants to be a nerf. There's an illustration you may have seen, but I want you to picture this with me. I want you to picture a glass box. Okay, picture a big glass box. And then to the side, we've got a couple ingredients. We've got some big rocks, we've got some sand, and we've got some water. And now in your mind, what I want you to do is put that sand into the box and then add the water. Right, and it kind of fits okay. And then you go to add the rocks, but only there's, there's no room for the rocks now. If we've got the sand and the water in there, you're trying to push the rocks down, but it's really hard to add them in, right? Like it's really hard to fit them in there. So let's start again. We've got our box, we've got our rocks, we've got our sand, we've got our water. And this time what we're going to do is we put the rocks in first. You see, when you put the rocks in first and then you add the sand and you add the water, what happens? All the sand, all the water, it starts to move around the rocks. You see, the rocks are the foundations that we put down in our lives. Those rocks are our values that we put down in our lives. And if we leave them till last, if we leave that time with God, if we leave that relationship with God, if we leave that till last, what happens is we're trying to push it in and make it work and squeeze it in, but it just, we're always pushing against it. But if you put the rocks in first, everything else kind of just works its way 
around. What rocks are you laying down? Or are you trying to squeeze them in last? I know for me, this is something that I regularly need to check in with because you can go a couple of days and all of a sudden realise you, you forgot to put the rocks down first. Yeah. It's something we always need to be checking in with. Are you putting your rocks down first and what are they? You know, often when we talk about priorities, you're like, oh, I wish I had time. Like, I just, I wish I had time for that. You know, I would do that, but I just, I just didn't have time. And t- priorities, I think often we can think is a bit of a time issue, but if we're really, really honest with ourselves, I think priorities are more of a value issue yeah. than a time issue. Yeah. It's not to say that you don't think those things are important, but somehow, without being intentional, you've started to value things over that time. You see, we, we really, our values are reflected in our time, right? What we value will be reflected in the time. So it's not so much a time issue, it's a values issue. You know, those who got baptised today, uh, it was awesome, um, but they have made a decision today to put God first. You know, maybe, maybe it's scary, maybe it's nerve-wracking, you know, maybe there's reasons not to, but they made a decision today to put God first, to value what God has asked them to do. And I, I have the privilege as a pastor to be able to speak to so many different people about their next step, about whether that's, you know, baptism or serving, or maybe it's not even within the church, maybe that's something they feel like God is calling them to do. And I I have the privilege of having a lot of these conversations, but often, to be honest, what happens is I'm talking to someone and they'll say, yeah, like I'm so keen, but. I'm so keen, but first, I just, I need to finish this off. Or but first, I just don't really have time at the moment, but I'm really keen or I just don't feel ready yet. Mm. My question is this, if not now, then when? What's holding you back? What is your but first? If not now, then when? You know, you could actually have your priorities completely out of order and the truth is God is still going to love you exactly the same because his love for us is not dependent on our love for him and what we do and don't do. So your priorities could be totally out of order and he is still going to love you exactly the same. And you might be here today and maybe you're not a Christian or maybe you are and you're asking the question, what's the point? (laughs) Like he doesn't oversell it. You're telling me I need to pretty much change my whole life to make Jesus first. What is the point? You know, we believe in a God who loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life in our place and then die on the cross. The reason that's so important is because, let's face it, we all make mistakes. None of us were capable of living a perfect life. Sin is really just about missing the mark that God had for your life. It's doing anything that's outside of what God's plan was for you. So we've all done that, right? We all have sin in our life. And God, he's a perfect God, but sin is actually a big deal. And so it separates us from God. God, he loves you. He wants to know you. He wants to be a friend. He wants to have that relationship with you. But the thing with sin is it actually separates us from him. So he sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life in our place. And then Jesus was the one who died on the cross. And then when he was raised again, it defeated the power of sin, which was death. And so we can have relationship with God. And when God sees you, he doesn't see you with your mistakes and brokenness. He sees you with that perfect life of Jesus on you. You know, that wasn't convenient. Jesus literally gave his life for us. 
He gave his life for a greater story, for a greater purpose, for something that was actually beyond that moment. It wasn't convenient for him, but you know, as I'm talking about priorities, maybe you're here and you're not a Christian and, and I'm so glad that you'd be here with us today. But priorities are important whether you're a Christian or not, right? Because they have a way of directing a path for our lives. But as Christian people, we believe that we are called to be the person that God has created us to be. And we can't do that if our first priority isn't Jesus. You know, it's actually not about us. It's about God. And um, I suppose when asking what's the point, in Mark 8, verse 36 to 37, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? When we don't focus on Jesus as our first priority, essentially what we're doing is we may be profiting the world, but we're losing our soul in the process. And what, what good is that to lose our soul but profit the world? In Matthew 7, 24, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When we hear the words of Jesus, we put ourselves in a position, when he's our first priority, we put ourselves in a position to hear his words and build our house on the rock. When we choose him, we are building our house on the rock. It's not to say that you can't have other things in life right? There are other things in life, good things. It's just that they come second to commitment to Jesus. In Matthew 6 verse 33, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So seek first. Those things are added later, but seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible paints a picture of who we are to be. If you feel like your priorities are maybe out of alignment, Here are three things you can consider. One, your view of God matters. What is your view of God? Is God a distant God to you? Is God a harsh God to you? If God is anything other than a loving Father that is also all-powerful, almighty, deserves all awe and respect and reverence. If God is anything outside of that for you, then it would actually probably be a really good step for you to consider what your view of God is and to, and to really pray about that and talk to some people about that. The reason that's important is that our relationship with God matters, our understanding of Him matters, and your relationship and understanding of Him will be altered depending on how you view Him. If you, can't, if you don't view God as someone you can trust, then you're very unlikely to be able to follow Him in the way that He's called you to do. This will mean that your priorities become out of kingdom alignment. There's a um, a story in the Bible about Mary and Martha, right? Many of us would have heard the story about Mary and Martha. We're not going to read through it right now, but to catch you up to speed, Mary and Martha, they're at home and Jesus is in their home. And Martha, she's around, she's, she's serving. She's like, she's getting everything ready. She's cleaning. She's probably cooking. She's getting everything ready. And she's getting frustrated because her sister Mary is just chilling with Jesus. She's just sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to his teaching. And Martha gets so frustrated. She says to Jesus, tell my sister to come and help me. But what Martha didn't realise was that actually what Jesus wanted in that moment was exactly what Mary was doing. And he said, she has chosen the greater portion. You know, I've heard it said this way. It's not, it's not uh, Mary instead of Martha. It's Mary before Martha. You see, serving, doing those things, it's actually not bad. But the thing is, is that first, Jesus. But first, Jesus. 
Mary before Martha. We spend time with Jesus and out of that we serve Him. Out of that we, we, we do what we feel called to do. The second thing you can consider is where does your dependence lie? You know, misaligned priorities can be a bit of a dependence issue. In Psalm 20 verse 7 it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Are you trusting in your chariots and horses? In other words, are you trusting in your own resource? Are you trusting in your own strength? Are you trusting in your own ability to win the battle? Or are you trusting in the name of the Lord? We are not called to be dependent on ourselves, but to depend on Christ. And like many people, I'm sure many people have been doing this lately. Zach and I have been trying to make significant financial decisions and planning for our future and and what that looks like. And, you know, in, in doing this, what can become really easy is to get caught up on the numbers and get caught up on the things that we need to afford or do or the plans that we want to make. But at the end of the day, we know that God is good. That is our view of Him and we know that our dependence on God is the most important thing. And so we can trust Him regardless of the bottom line. You know, maybe for you, your dependence, you're trying to depend on your finance. Maybe for you, it's not finance. Maybe, maybe it's depending on a relationship or on job security. I don't know what it is for you, but remember your dependence is on God. And the third thing you can consider is, are you distracted? To be honest, I don't really feel like I have to explain this one, right? We all know what it's like to get distracted. And you know, I don't think that misaligned priorities are necessarily an intentional decision. I think sometimes it's just something that happens over time when we become distracted with other things. But the scripture that we read at the start, it actually warns of this. In verse 62, it says, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you are looking anywhere other than at Jesus, if you're looking to the side or looking back, you're going to start to go off course. If you are pushing this plough forward and you look back, you're going to start to turn, right? It's like that with distractions in life. As soon as we become distracted by anything else, we start to alter our course and go off turn. You know, I love in the Bible that it kind of warns us of what can happen, but then it also gives us the answer. You know, yes, if we look back, we might get distracted, but it also tells us how not to do that. In Colossians 3 verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. If we set our mind on the things that are above, if we choose Jesus first, if we can do that, then we're going to stay right on track. Our days are not endless. In Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Your days are not endless. So if not now, then when? If not now, then when? What is your but first? And what do you need to change to make it but first, Jesus? You know, um, another one of my flaws, I like to blame it on my personality, but I'm a bit of a procrastinator, right? I'm a bit of a procrastinator. I'm sure I've got some company here in the room, right? But in writing this very message, I hit a bit of a block, And so I thought, you know what? My desktop on my laptop is absolute chaos. And yes, I've needed to sort that out for months. And yes, I've looked at it and had time and and been able to do that at many opportunities. But you know what would be the perfect time to clean up my desktop? Right then, (laughs) right in that moment. And so sure enough, I took hold of the chaos that was my laptop and I started to reshuffle a few things around. 
and I, you know, created a few new folders so that I could find the information easier. And But I had to reshuffle a few things to be able to organise the chaos that was my desktop. And then as I was doing this, I kind of laughed to myself and I was like, you know what? I know our priorities a bit like this. Our life can be a chaos, right? But we need to take hold of the chaos that is our life and start to reshuffle a few things. We need to be intentional about where we create space, about the time that we make and start to reshuffle a few things in our lives to make, it, to make Jesus our first priority. You know, the invitation has been and will always be, follow me. Jesus comes first. I'm going to get everyone to stand right now and I want to take a moment to pray for us. You know, maybe today you're here and you're thinking, gosh, I have actually really misaligned my priorities. And, you know, I know now that they're out of order. And I, I want to make the decision to say, but Jesus, I'm putting you first and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get those things back in alignment with you. Or maybe you're here today and you're thinking, actually, I'm pretty on track, but Jesus, I, like, I want to keep on that track and I want to choose you as my first priority. I want to give us a moment to respond to this message in saying, Jesus, you are first, regardless of where you're at right now with your priorities to make that decision to put him first. So with every eye closed, just not even for me, just a sign between you and God. If you just want to raise your hand right now, just so, just as a, as a sign to God to say, Jesus, I'm putting you first. And to be clear right now, if your hand is down, you're essentially <laughs> saying, God, I don't want to put you first because this, this moment is for everyone who wants to make that decision all over again that Jesus, I'm putting you first in my life. I'm going to reshuffle things around so that you are the first priority. God, I thank you that you love us regardless of when we get things right or we get things wrong. But God, we choose to put you first in our lives. Lord, we may have other but first moments, but I pray that when we hear ourselves say those words, that we will remember and think but first Jesus. Lord, help us to reshuffle things. Lord, will you come and, 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 and would we encounter you even in this moment as we go into worship? Would you come and change the priorities, transform our hearts, God, that priorities would change. Lord, we know that distractions will still come, but I pray that we would firmly fix our eyes on you, that those things would be less of a distraction because we're so fixed on following and going after you. God, we choose to put you first in everything that we do, in every decision, in every moment. Thank you, God. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.